Welcome to the Business, Wealth and Mindset Podcast. Your space for real motivational interviews and cutting-edge business content to inspire your positive mental attitude. And now, your host, Alex Sopala. Hello and welcome to our part two of two uh, in uh, talking mental health with uh, an international panel of experts uh, from the UK, the US, Malawi, Swaziland and Germany talk uh, all things mental health. So if you haven't done so, uh, please go back and listen to episode one to catch up on the content. So uh, the rest of the uh, this episode will make more sense. And uh, without further ado, I'll give you the panel, take the topic away. Now I'll just uh, bring in Dalit. So I hope I hope she can she can hear me. Um, just uh, again, I can hear you. Uh, yeah, just uh, again looking at uh, the psychological aspect of uh, sort of managing or helping people with mental illness as opposed to the to the medication. Give give us your take on that. Okay. Well, I think, you know, the, the way I look at it is from a holistic perspective and not everybody's is different. Not everybody's the same, mm-hmm. right? And people can have a combination of issues, mm-hmm. right? So somebody can have depression, mm-hmm. but they're trying to self-medicate it by drinking or doing other things, right? They, they're trying mm-hmm. to kind of take care of it. Um, mm-hmm. And so when it comes to treatment, we can't say that this is good and this is bad or things like that. You're yeah. trying to really figure out, like, it's complex. It gets very, very complex. Right, and so there's some people for it to be, it's a situation. So it's like there's a death, mm. and there's grief, right? You can do counseling, you can bring in support around that, and the situation can mm. resolve, right? But sometimes depression and anxiety or schizophrenia or things like that, yeah. these are organic things that are happening in the brain that. It doesn't matter how much maybe somebody puts effort in counseling. You can do counseling for 10 years. If you don't have medication to really sometimes help that person, Mm -hmm. um, the effort alone is not enough. And people, I see people trying to do that and they get frustrated, right? Um, Because Mm -hmm. there's something else that is working against you, not just your effort. People work very hard in sessions, right? But if they don't have Mm -hmm. the right medication sometimes to sometimes your brain just wants, no matter how much you do, will not produce that serotonin, right? Like those factories are closed. You need a certain medication to just help that person. So then that way in counseling, they can work hard. Does that make sense? And so it's like this dance that you have to try to figure out, like, um, is it an organic thing or is it a situational piece? Is it a genetic thing? And if you close all those doors and manage all those things adequately, um, then, you know, people have more success, right? But if you try to treat it in a compartmentalized way, uh, it can take a long time um, and people can get very hopeless and helpless and leads to situations like suicide and things like that when people are just kind of like at their wit's end, right? Mm. 
So mm. I think, mm. you know, sometimes you, I caution people being extremes. Like some are like, oh, just pray. Or some are just like, just do this. And some are just like, mm. just do that. It's like, we can do all of it, right? Mm. We can, we can yeah. do all of it if we combine as many things as we can. As we can, yeah. For that particular person. It mm. really can um, increase the likelihood that people can be successful and right. can get better. Okay, so a, a more of a sort of a balance to be rather than one size fits all. So no, that, that, that makes sense. Now, yeah. now let's bring in uh, Dr. Wa on here, just on the side of uh, medication. Let's say, for example, in a someone who has had a mental illness, but it's it's actually been caused by uh, a specific life event or trauma. Uh, you know, so before that, there was nothing wrong with their genetics or hormones or anything. Why, why would uh, or would the medication as a treatment apply in that in that instance? Or what, what is the role of medication? Is, is it mainly on issues where there's uh, hormonal imbalances involved as the causes of the illness, or, or what, what is the role of medication? So trauma. Trauma can be an event or series of events, right? Mm -hmm. But trauma affects um, affects how the body functions, right? So, for mm -hmm. example, I survived a home invasion, right? There was a lot of cortisol that got produced in my body, a lot of adrenaline that got produced in my body, and cortisol affects depression and anxiety, right? So trauma actually will change your brain chemistry, okay? Mm -hmm. And so when that brain chemistry gets changed, um, mm -hmm. again, we're not at that level yet where we can run a blood test, for example, and tell you. Yeah. Um, it can change the brain chemistry, the physiological chemistry temporarily, or you're going to change it permanently, Right. I've mm. had people mm. who have done trauma work for a very long time. Emotionally, they have shifted, but mm. their brain chemistry, they still need either lower level of antidepressants or anxiety because their brain chemistry has changed so much that it just won't go back to what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And some people yeah. can resolve that trauma. And move on, is the, you know. Yeah. And so I think it's really you can't say your brain is in your body, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's um, and so trauma, um, food illness, right? Illness mm. can change your brain chemistry, right? Yeah. Um, and mm. and and so the role of medication comes in to really, mm. for example, as a trauma therapist, right? When I'm dealing with trauma, I will not open somebody up into their trauma until mm. the foundation is set, right? So if somebody yeah. comes to me and they're severely depressed and they're suicidal, I'm not going to talk about their trauma because they're on the mm. edge. I can call that situation can create them to decompensate and kill themselves, mm. right? You need to move them away from the cliff. And sometimes you need people to do anti-anxiety, anti-depression, so that and then you create a support system around them. And when they are a little bit off of the edge, then you can slowly start to open that trauma. Does that make sense? Mm. And so medication yeah. can really it's like a safety net, right? If people yeah. are going to go into that difficult work, there has to be a safety yeah. net. Otherwise your brain 
will not be able to take it and and you can mm. you can you can cause more problems right yeah okay yeah. all right thanks for that i'll, I'll bring you doc ngwa um wanangwa clara namelo um uh, yeah just just uh, give us your take on, uh, on the medication side of things I'm actually glad that uh, Dalitsu um, um, came in and um, um, gave us her expert um, experience in dealing with mm. this. Um, I haven't got much to add to that, but I think what's coming out very clearly is that there's need to achieve a chemical balance. And mm. whether that's with medication or exercise or meditation, mm lots of other things then all of those mm. things need to work together to achieve mm. a new balance or a new normal for that person and i think for me um it's not just about medication we need to recognize yeah. that mental health is complex and it needs input yeah. from a, a lot of specialists a lot of yeah. angles and just people need to be open and supportive when someone is going through treatment because because uh, otherwise just medication on their own can mm. sometimes fail and in most cases will fail if there's no if there's no um supporting structures in place for that person's chemical yeah. balance to, to be sustained yeah. mm. so just mm. thank you so much it brings us back alex to a person in the environment Mm-hmm. which means that the emphasis, emphasis on the environment is very very important i'll just give an mm-hmm. example of something that we are currently dealing with which is the covid it is a traumatizing mm-hmm. issue uh, but you can see that some people being in a good environment are really coping mm-hmm. well you know where yeah. there's love mm-hmm. where there's support where the spirituality depending on what your spirituality is spirituality is very important in this so whether you believe in the you know um greater good or you believe in god you know mm. um having some kind of like spirituality does help in people getting better with mental health and that can mm-hmm. be going balance that have to give an example that i hear a lot from my clients you know they tell me that fire i feel like i'm running on the roof you know i'm out of my own body i mean can you imagine someone getting out of their own body and i've not heard this from one person or two people it's a lot of clients that say that that some point at some point in a month or in case most people with bipolar when they're manic they like they feel like they're out of their own body and i have had clients that say you know what it's not fair that we have um wheelchair accessibility in many places and people are so empathetic coming to what brenda had touched on you know to say mm. you have a broken leg you get a hug somebody says can i please mm-hmm. carry your bag you know mm. can i cook for you so much mm. empathy in physical disability you know mm. when it's in your mental when it's in your brain someone is saying i cannot move because it's like my my leg is broken in my brain mm. and people are like you know how you get over it you know mm. so just having that understanding that when your mental 
capacity or your mental health is in limbo. Yeah. There's a problem. So we need to yeah. develop that empathy, you know, or compassion. Mm. Most people, I don't think we should be looking for sympathy in this, you know, but <laughs> put yourself in somebody's shoes. Let's see. Yeah. I don't have a leg. What do I do? What do I do for someone mm -hmm. who does not have a leg? It's the same understanding we should have for people with mental illnesses. Yeah, no, that, that's 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 quite comprehensive. Thanks, fine. Now, I'll, I'll so bring let me in just add just one thing. Um, so, for example, so you're talking about mental illness from because uh, mental illness for most of us we we think of that crazy person, right, mm. running around the streets and things like that. And I think most of us, even when we have mild depression, we are afraid to call it mental illness because we feel like, oh my goodness, I'm I'm, I'm crazy. Right. So, for example, the last two years, I also have like an autoimmune, right? And so, um, my autoimmune had really come back. And part of it is because it affects the thyroid. It affected my brain. I just I couldn't think straight. All of a sudden, without having a situation to be depressed about, I became highly anxious, kind of depressed. I, I couldn't remember. I was almost like having dementia. I couldn't remember places where to go and things like that. Right. And so it's like, even for me as a therapist, it took me a while for me to say, oh my gosh, I think my brain is broken somehow, right? And, uh, but that was caused by an illness that didn't start as a mental illness, right? It was like mm. uh, an autoimmune disease that triggered uh, and, and affected yeah. me mentally as well, right? And so part of my treatment had to do with all of it. Not only did I with treat the thyroid autoimmune issue, but as I treated it, my brain started getting clear, right? You, you could tell. And so there's so many things um, that it may start as one thing, but it affects another thing, right? Another and thing, yeah. What you're saying is that you're, you can start with a mental illness and end up with a physical illness. Like if you start with a mental illness, you might not take care of your diet. You end up with diabetes. You end up with hypertension. You end Absolutely. up with And then you could start mm. with high blood pressure, obesity, and, um, you know, diabetes, and then end up with depression, you know? So Absolutely. Things, I think, mm. wow, thank you so much. Mm. This subject is very important. <laughs> just, just to bring in uh, Brenda here, uh, around uh, living and managing uh, the, the stigma or mental health itself. Just to give, a, give us a, a, a bit more on that from either your personal experience or from our observation of others as well. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I don't know if you guys have been watching. I've been nodding and agreeing all along with the good doctors and Fai and Alison. Thank you so much for sharing your really powerful story. Um, first of all, I want to tell you what a person with mental health issues looks like or mental health problems. They look like this. And I want to tell you what mm -hmm. a mental health uh, uh, sufferer look, uh, does. She goes to work full time. Uh, she's a top achiever in her business. Um, I've been there for a very long time and uh, I've hit my number year in, year out. Um, she travels a lot. I travel a lot. I have a very full life. I'm a mom. I'm a co-parent. I do uh, charity work. I do volunteering. And I'm able to do all of those things for, let me say, three main reasons. First of all, I understand what my limitations are. 
and it's good to accept what your limitations are because once you do that you can then start to work to moving those limitations moving those obstacles so i understand that if i do nothing my brain shuts down and i can't do all of those other things so living with nothing is not an option for me i wouldn't do it if i was at work i wouldn't do it if i was at school i wouldn't do it if i was just in my house Second thing is to understand what your support network looks like. Now, I'll tell you what, if I turned up and I said to you guys, I've got cancer, you would all send me to Dr. Ngwa, right? You would all say, whoa, 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 Brian, I know we've got Dr. Wanangwa. She's a, she's, a, um, she, she's a specialist in this area. You need to speak to her right away. The minute I say I'm depressed, every single person without exception Actually, there's two people I, 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 but th- th- that have been exception to this rule will give me a list of what I should be doing to improve it, what it is, what it isn't. And this is just from me saying that one sentence. So it mm. took me a very long time to stop getting frustrated with people. And um, what used to get me the most was, oh, you just need to eat better. I eat really well. I eat, I cook nearly every day. Uh, I eat really well. I eat a very balanced diet. Uh, I used to get, you just need to exercise more. I used to run 10, 12 kilometers a day, cycle to work and back. And that made no difference. I get a lot of, um, you need to pray. First of all, you're assuming that I do believe in God. Um, I don't. So when you put that on me, I think I don't even want to talk to you. It's fine that you have your faith. I have my own way of living. Um, so understanding what your support network is in, will people understand how you work? Will people understand how you operate? So the people that are closest to me, my support network, they are immense. They um, they understand what I'm capable of. They know to check out on or check out for me. So they will send me a text message, really, have you, what have you eaten today? And mm-hmm. to me, I have to then be accountable and say, actually, I haven't eaten anything. And because I don't want to get told off or I don't want them to say, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. I will go and make an omelette very quickly. Mm-hmm. So little things like that. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the, that's the yeah. most important thing. And not everybody is supportive. They could be your friends and they do mean well, but they do not know what they're talking about and understanding that Mm. and distancing yourself from saying hi i've got a disorder and this is me and saying right they have that information so they know where i'm coming from so i'm not ignoring your calls over the winter months it means i'm really struggling that's my downtime Uh, and equally uh, I, i want you to understand where i'm coming from they will come and they'll say, oh, you should exercise, you eat well, blah, 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 blah. But I know that the people that are close to me, that understand, that have really taken the time to ask me the questions as to what do you need me to do? So I will suggest in the first instance, if you know somebody who's living with depression or living with a, a, a mental health disorder, is stop. Don't offer mm. your take on it because... Unless you're Fai, unless you're Dalito, unless you're Dr. Ngwa, unless you're Dr. Folake, you don't know. Even I don't offer, you know, I'm somebody who lives with it, I don't offer. The other thing is, I'm on medication and I have tried not taking my medication and it's horrendous. And it's a very slow decline and then wham, you're into that pit. 
and to get out of that pit mm. is six to eight weeks. So I understand, yeah. much like somebody who needs to take insulin for the rest of their life, is that I'll be on these medications mm. for a very long time, and I'm okay with it. What I don't need mm. as somebody who needs them is people telling me, yeah. don't take your medication because you're going to become addicted to them. So what? Mm. You know, so what? Yeah. Um, so making sure that you're able to take those voices away and you stick to the science and you stick to the therapists uh, and you listen mm. to yourself. Not every day mm. is going to be a good day, even if you don't have mental health disorders, but understanding that actually I'm mm. having a bad day and I'm having a bad time. The other thing mm. I want to cover on support is living openly. That's such an empowering thing, guys. We say we talk about stigma. And I decided very, very early on to really take the power away from people that might want to judge, people that might want to um, offer an opinion on who I am or what I am. By taking ownership of the narrative, uh, I think I don't think there's anybody in my life that doesn't know what conditions I have. And that's including my clients. Um, and do you know what? They're extremely supportive. My employers, my bosses, my managers, my directors, all the way all the way up the food chain. Very, very supportive, mm. extremely supportive. And that allows mm. me to be the best me, not only at home, because yeah. I know work's fine. Mm. It allows me to the best me at work mm. because I know that actually mm. I'm having a tough time this week. I can't get out of bed. I don't need to haul mm. myself into the office and perform and annoy the boss mm. uh, and the rest of my mm. team because well, how I get on impacts the rest of my team. I need to say, guys, I'm yeah. really struggling. I need to take time out to get better. And because I'm able to do that, mm. the process changes by so quickly. And then I'm back to being the very best me and go back. So if someone's out there thinking, oh, I can't come out, own it. Because as soon as you take the power away from people talking about you and you talk to them about you and about your experience, it makes it a lot easier for the next person to say, actually, I feel like that. And you're doing OK. You know, you say, yeah, I'm doing OK today. Yeah. But if you call me in six months time and, you know, when it's dark at three o'clock, it's not light till 10 o'clock. Um, I'm a very different person. So living with mental health disorders has its good days and its bad days. But it's not impossible to live your best life. It's not impossible to be a mm. mom. It's not impossible to be a really good friend. I am very blessed. I have friends all over the world. And um I think that it's a privilege that I've been able to to come on here uh, to to share my story. Mm. But particularly mm. men, I want men to talk. Let's have this conversation. Yeah. None of this, yeah. I'm lazy. None of this, I'm weak. None of this, uh, it's very girly. Mm. There's nothing girly about dying <laughs> and not living your best life. I can tell you that. So you can do it. Anybody can do it. You can get the medication. You can get your support systems. You can get your exercise. You can get your prayers. Mm -hmm. You just need to figure yeah. out people that are conducive to your well-being. And by that, that, that will align. Mm -hmm. So if you're a gung-ho exercise person and I'm not, mm -hmm. I would politely mm -hmm. hold back how much I can take from you whereas yeah, if you're all about certainly. and if, if i was prayerful i might want to lean on people mm. that are prayerful but also at the same time being mindful mm. that you know sister Teresa is not an expert yeah. in that field yeah. so 
you know, take it with a pinch of salt. Oh, you know, they'll like, people undo very quickly all the work that your therapist has done. Mm. They'll undo very yeah. quickly that high that you've built up in your serotonin levels mm. and that work that you've done. And like, uh, I believe it was um, Chase that said this earlier. He referred to your body being an, like a car, uh, like an mm -hmm. engine that you will service your car engine religiously every year. Even the government in the UK insists that if your car is over three years old, you take it for a service. <laughs> but somehow yeah. when you're born from a very early age, you know, kids are looked at as, you know, they're really difficult. They're just really naughty. And the concept of a child having mental health illness and treating it from that early stage, it's almost an existent where we come from mm. um and when people are old and dementia starts to set in oh, we, oh they're just old you know it's, but people are really suffering and <laughs> th th there really is no we have solutions for it and they include medication they include therapy they mm. include exercise they include living well they include putting yeah. boundaries they include opening up and um yeah i, I think mm. it's it's you can live a full and healthy life and get on in life yeah. just like that there is no nothing special yeah. about me is what yeah. i'm trying to say there's absolutely nothing <laughs> special or nothing gifted about me so I'm yeah sure, i'm sure there is oh right? thank I'm you sure there is. Sure there is. <laughs> i'll take that. <laughs> yeah, that that's that's really progressive it's really good to understand you know from someone who is actually living it and managing it you know because that will help other people in similar situation just to understand it as well just one quick uh, uh question to to um, uh, to to pull up from your experience, do you, do you actually get to to see like the symptoms or the signs when uh, certain things are happening that you're approaching that that? Uh, uh, oh yes, oh absolutely. For example, if you you know when you've got people around you, do you get to warn them so actually they understand, or do, or is there certain things that they need to? With or to get ready or to set up as part of your part of sort my, of plan to manage. Yeah, so part of my management is I'm in very close contact with uh, several friends that are very close to me um, and they're sort of my mm. go-to people and they can normally tell and it's been a long time coming to get to that stage. If I've been very quiet over three, four days and I've not mm. checked in, they will check in on me. Okay. Um, mm. If my yeah. And some of those people actually include my bosses at work. So if my my performance starts to dip um, to a level mm -hmm. where they think, uh, hang on, something's going on here. They'll bring mm. it up. I don't always see it myself, but my friends and colleagues yeah. see it. Uh, and it's good to mm. keep in touch and keep in check. And sometimes I'll ask you, Brent, everything okay? And they'll look you in the mm. eye, you know, to say, is everything okay, okay? Or is everything okay? Um, mm. But for myself, I'm having, I have to, um, so one of the things that, um, uh, the, the downsides to taking my medication is actually it knocks uh, my appetite. So one of the things I start yeah. to look for to start noticing is when I stop eating because I don't feel hungry, but I need to eat because mm. then it keeps me going. And then I start to get grumpy and then I start to go into a cycle where it starts to go down downhill very, very fast. It's a very physical and mental. It's mm. very, both of them are intertwined. Um, mm. So I look out for things like that. Um, but generally winters are a lot harder for me to do weather. Uh, so I make sure that during winter time, I, I notify everybody, winter time's coming, I'm going to struggle, mm. it's going to be hard. Mm. But literally when the sun's out, 
I'm unstoppable. I wake up yeah. first thing in the morning. I have all the energy in the world. Uh, I'm very chatty. Uh, in winter, I'm very, very irritable. And some of our friends here <laughs> on this group will know what that's like to be on the receiving end of an irritable brand. Um, but equally, um, you know, having people that can tell those clues is really important and telling people what those clues are to say, when I'm not calling you back, when I'm ignoring you for three, four, five days and not returning your call, it's actually really hard for me to pick up that phone conversation, to pick up the phone and talk is so hard when you're down. So, yeah, I have got clues and little um, cues that come up but it's um, knowing them and people need to learn what those cues are for themselves. What the cues are. So yeah. I, take, I take it we're not coming around for tea in winter then, yeah? Oh, you should come for tea and bring cake because that will really cheer me up. Bring cake and tea and flowers. So um, uh, come come visit me for winter because and the other thing is have plans, plan to look, something to look forward to. So over the winter, yeah, I was make sure I have no, trips that's... and plans, things to look forward to because it means, yeah, okay, actually I've only got six more weeks yeah. before Alex comes up with the kids and they're going to bring mm. me cake. Come to Florida, yeah. it's warm. It's no out here. No. Yeah, and we're going to yeah. go see uh, Dalitzo. <laughs> me and Pam are going to go see Dalitzo and do a sky jump in Florida. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, there's a cyclone I die there. I'll, I'll, I'll bring in the <laughs> but, you know, I think another issue that we forgot to touch on is the finances and how they affect our mental health. Um, I think that is mm -hmm. also a huge part of the triggers. So just to put it out there, mm -hmm. you know, always be mindful of your finances because they can trigger, mm -hmm. you know, uh, mental health and they can yeah. affect uh, your mm -hmm. life part. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Let, let me just uh, bring bring in Roderick, Roderick here. I think uh, probably uh, touches in around that and the mental health around men. Yeah. So Roderick, just just give us a, a take on men and mental health, and probably just address also whether within that it's specific to particular age groups. Within that. Yeah. Uh, just just to add on to what Brenda was saying, I wouldn't want to go to her. Uh, every time I call her for, for a week, she wouldn't pick my call. Now I know. Thanks for letting me know, Brent. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, as um, as we were talking about, you know, like men, you know, like this issue is mainly uh, enunciated mainly for women, but uh, it affects men a lot. Uh, I myself, I should be thankful. It's, it's not like um, I would say I'm in any way, shape or form affected, but there are times which I feel like I'm, I'm on the law, you know, and so many things can trigger it, you know, like um, either financial or pressure from work, you know, like especially to deliver when the deadlines, especially in our industry where we're in, you know, the financial industry, uh, you want to deliver the month end reports and everything like that. So I uh, then the main as well is to do with relationships. You know, relationships are not working. Now, uh, people say that women out there are the ones who are mainly affected and they're the ones maybe because they talk about yeah. it among themselves you know like uh we, women share we call it oh women like to gossip you know like it's, but sometimes it's not all about gossiping it's actually sharing, maybe, sharing maybe sometimes they do <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, exactly. you know you'll be in trouble <laughs> after this yeah <laughs> men gossip also men gossip as well they're the worst gossips they're the worst gossips so cut that out 
<laughs> okay, but you see, we want to talk about things like football. We want to talk about maybe but basketball and stuff like that. Uh, it's like I wouldn't go to Alex and tell him about maybe the problems I'm having with my wife or my my kids and all those kind of things. So these are the issues which we need to be uh, as men to speak out more. And in terms of the uh, the age groups, you know, like it's mainly uh, the teenagers are affected, but even people going all the way up to 45, you know, are affected. And as I was saying earlier on, coming from the Afro-Caribbean background, it's like we are we are built to say, okay, we, we shouldn't be crying and all those kind of things. Uh, we shouldn't be uh, expressing. And especially uh, if you come into this country, where we don't know how the financial systems work and, and you have to pay rent, you have, you know, you have to do this and that, you know, all these triggers mental health issues, you know. Now, if I am not able to share my problems with Alex and I bottle them up, you know, like maybe I should be, I should be lucky. Um, I should I consider myself lucky because I've got friends who I can share uh, my financial problems or my financial uh, challenges and all those kind of things uh, with. But not everybody is like me. You know, not everybody is like me. So my main request when I talk to my friends, you know, sometimes it's a question of just picking up the call and say that, oh, mm. Alex, how are you doing? You know, like, are you all right? Is everything okay? You know, that simple phone call may seem like it's it's nothing. But, you know, it makes a hell lot of difference to somebody who's just there in their own cocoon because they don't have anybody else. You know, sometimes, like, um, I can say that, okay, I want to take a drive and go to Alex. We'll, we'll have a chit-chat, come back. You know? so these are the things which we should be encouraging each other. Now, to say... Have I seen anybody who has had this issue uh, cured? I would say, uh, unfortunately, in my case, the one that I knew, they didn't uh, eventually, it took them on, you know, like they, they passed on. But that's not the group. As Brenda was saying, these things can be managed. Uh, you can have the medication. You may have to be on them for a longer time. You know, I'm not an expert in, in, in medicine and all those kind of things, but they are manageable. And, and, you know, like for me, I, speaking about Brenda as somebody whom I know, I have more good times with her than the bad times that she may be having, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and those good times are always the best. You know what I mean? They are always the best. And then, you know, when, when we speak with Fai, she tells me, uh, you know, like about her industry and all those kind of things. So I learn. You know, because I am able to talk to them. But many men are not like me. Many want to keep quiet, be on the corner, feel macho, watch football and uh, basketball and all those kind of things and pretend that things are not all right. I mean, that should not be encouraged and we should encourage each other to speak more. Mm. No, thank you. Thanks for that, Roderick. That's uh, really quite comprehensive to understand those aspects, uh, uh, you know, in men. But uh, probably just uh, another quick point to to touch upon is, is there a a distinction between or the different age groups in men itself? I'll probably let everyone else come on in in, in this as well. Because I think uh, there's probably, I haven't got them here, but statistics of uh, mental health affecting particular age groups probably more than others, yeah? Is, Is there... Do you, do you find that in, in certain either those maybe of uh, working uh, uh, working age or the young ones or the older ones? What, what's your um, experience around age groups and uh, these issues? 
I think what I've what I've seen, like I've I worked with young people, the way to like you know adults and couples and and single people and things like that. Um, again, it just depends on what 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 you're talking about, right? But I think what I see is the expression of it usually mm. really kind of common and starts like around teenage, right? Because usually when kids are younger. Mm. There are a lot of things we just kind of normalize and say, oh, they're just this, so they're just that, right? And uh, mm. but when you introduce puberty, right? So mm. when you introduce puberty, mm. when you introduce some hormonal changes like testosterone and things like that, right? So for example, if you, I work a lot with young boys, um, when before puberty, you know maybe they can they can cry or things like that because they're, they're young enough, right? But then when they hit puberty, right, um, that depression can usually maybe come up as uh, defiance, right? Anger, agitation, and, and things like that. And then they start experimenting with, that, with drugs. And, you know, there's so many things that kind of come up. So you can see an intensification mm-hmm. of, like, those mm-hmm. things that looks very different when somebody's four or five or six right and and so when those things are not really dealt with properly within that period of time it can extend into the 20s it can extend into the 30s right because most people they just think oh if we just throw time on it oh they'll grow out of it no you don't you just grow into more and more ways of not dealing with it right it's not gonna Mm. go away until it's dealt with and so it's um so I think that teenage years is really where, uh, when, when oh, those yeah. hormones are really beginning to kind of, because uh, mm. those hormones affect the brain, right? So certain things yeah. that may look dormant or things like that, all of a sudden kind of like come up, right? I see um, that yeah. with my, you know, autistic clients and um, or, or just different things like bipolar or things like that really mm. kind of show up a lot more. Uh, during teenage years. Um, Yeah, Um, and so, again, depending on how it's dealt with, it can either have a good prognosis or not as as, as you kind of get into young adulthood. Thanks for that. Now, Pamela, what's your take on that one as well? Uh, uh, For me, um, looking at it, I, I feel... When it comes to mental health and um, the age groups, I think it's different kind of uh, mental illnesses affect different age groups. Uh, depending, mm-hmm. like um, Dalitza is talking about, that you see that a lot of bipolar and the things which are hormonal and whatnot, it's, it's uh, dealt with mm-hmm. a lot with the teenage uh, people. It's usually because mm-hmm. um, even their hormones are just balancing up, they are going through puberty, and a lot of uncertainties, they don't understand their own bodies, um, they are young, and expectations are different now. So all those things, mm. when you come to see, you see that a kind of um, mental um, illness is associated with that. And then when you reach uh, maybe the age of the 20s and whatnot, when you finish university, you're expecting that maybe you just go into the industry and get a job or something, and you find that it's mm-hmm. not like that. Then you also yeah. go through a different kind of mental um, problem based on that. And you are, you're seeing mm. people, a stigma of people wanting to get married, getting jobs and all that. So it also gives mm. you a, a certain way of thinking and also a different kind of in- illness, a mental illness, which yeah. can be associated with that. Mm-hmm. Then you with find that, that when yeah. you are 
work in your maybe late twenties um, and going to thirties, forties. Uh, you are stressed because of uh, reports and uh, deliverables at work and all sorts of things. And with all that, also just life in general also brings in mm. different kind of thing. You get married, maybe your your wife or your husband is giving you problems or expectations from people. They want you to um, mm. get babies and kids and all that comes up with also a different kind of uh, depression and stuff. And then after that, when you're uh, in your late 40s and going to 50s, you're thinking of retiring and maybe you haven't made it as much as you expected to. So all those things, they mm. also go into uh, stages of different kind of um, illnesses and um when you gather all that and also the environment, also the genetics and also some people, you like she touched the lids or said, um, some people are born with autism. I mean, that's nothing mm -hmm. you can do to help yourself. It's a state of how you were born. Mm. So those are also yeah. things which affect the mental illnesses. I think this area is just vast if you look at it. And um, the doctors here and the therapists here, they will know how to deal with you in particular, like that. Mm. So say that it's it's not a vast thing that you can just uh, say mental illnesses like this and like that. It has mm. to be different. Yes. No, th thanks for that, Pamela. That's uh, uh, very good. Uh, good points there. So uh, we've got a. Um, a, a question here or a, a point that uh, uh, um, is being asked for Dr. Falaki to, to address. It's uh, around uh, postnatal depression and, and the role of that. So if you could take us uh, through that and also we'll just uh, wind up by uh, asking the question, is there a cure? So if you take us through the postnatal depression first and we'll, go, we'll finish off by discussing the cure. So yeah, thank you very much about that. And that's a quite an interesting question. Um, so the pregnancy and childbirth period is a particularly vulnerable time for lots of women um, and, and a lot of things, lots of reasons for that. The main one mm. being the hormonal flux, you know, through, through that. Mm. And then the stressors as well um, that we live mm. in, especially in the modern day life with work expectations as the finances, you know, work sometimes yeah. can, for some ladies can unfortunately be a very problematic time for them when do i tell my boss mm. what happens when i go off yeah. how long time how much time do i can i take off without being fired can i come back to my mm. job and for people who have mm. you know kind of secure i would you know nobody has a secure job but a more secure job it's that anxiety is when i come back can i function the way I'm supposed mm. to what mm. expectations and you feel under pressure to prove yourself to everybody that you're still yeah. the person that went off, you know, um, as we call it here, you don't mm. have the baby brain. Um, you know, you're still that mm. person who went off and you can still function to your capacity. Um, then mm. also people who are out of their countries, it's that lack of social support. So, um, you know, you're the only mm. one who's going to, you know, I mean, when we're back home, we've got grandma, we've got aunties, we've got friends, they've come in with different food. The only time you see your baby yeah. is when you to be breastfed or bottle fed, yeah. otherwise you probably don't see your baby. So you're, you've, you're probably mm. sleep deprived, you know, you have to mm. wake up wake up so many times because your partner has to go to work the next day or you don't even have a partner um, and there's lots mm. of stress from there in the modern day life however mm. um apart from there which is one of the stressors so stress stress is uh, is one of the you know 
precursors to, to you know anxiety and depression you have mm -hmm. things that actually recognize as enduring mental health conditions in in the perinatal period so perinatal means mm -hmm. around around pregnancy around birth so anything around birth so you've got the baby blues mm -hmm. so baby blues are you're feeling down you're feeling not not competent enough to be a mom you feel you are not good enough um you know yeah. you you just feel that that feeling of not being just not being there just not being the person that you were before um a lot of times mm. blues you can probably get away most people get away without medication so a bit of social support mm. so in the uk you've got the health yeah. you've got the midwife and some people end up going for counseling if they can make it out of the house with their babies um so mm. you've got you've got those and people it comes up quite early on after birth and it could be because of sleep deprivation or on that sorry yeah. because i've just come back from school Hello. So it could be. Um, <laughs> sorry. So you know, it's okay. Uh, it's okay. Just keep quiet. Right. So okay. you know, so it could be. So the baby blue. So it's early, early, just early on after delivery, and just for a few, you know, mm. few days and weeks, you start to notice it. A lot of times, it, mm -hmm. it wears off. So as the baby gets older. As the baby gets older, yeah. you know, it's um, you get used to it and you, you get more, you feel more competent. And so that's that. Mm. You have then you have the postnatal depression, which is a bit more mm. enduring. So this is typical symptoms of depression in the perinatal period. Yeah. Now it could be as a result yeah. of people who had already had mental health problems or yeah. they had the, pro the mental health problems. The mental health mm -hmm. problems started after the, the delivery of the of yeah. So again, yeah. they definitely need to see somebody. Some people don't want medications and they can manage without medications, which is fine. Um, you know, yeah. on how severe the problem is. And then you have the, mm. the worst on, on the scale, which is postnatal psychosis, which is a very, very unfortunate, you know, diagnosis to mm. have. So these are people who mm. the psych so psychosis is when you start to perceive things that are not there. So you're either hearing yeah. things or you're seeing things that are not there. And they're things. very, very, they're very, they're very, very sad. You know, people end up mm. dying as a result because people they hear things, people telling them things, they see they think they're seeing things. They even feel some people feel that their kids are, you know, they're bad or they're evil, you know, and they just cannot function as a mom. Um, and that is a very, mm. very serious diagnosis, and that's extreme. That's and across yeah. this, so you've got the depression. You also got you've got anxiety. So again, anxiety of you know again cuts across. So and has different skills. Mm. So you, you know it might just be anxiety mm. of I'm not quite sure I can you know function well. How do I function well? And all the anxieties of things mm. I said earlier, you know life stressors, mm. all the way to you know the proper physical symptoms with panic attacks and you know mm -hmm. unable to sleep, sweaty. Again, a lot of it comes from the pressure of being a mom, you know, um, you know, mm. the, 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 there's, and there's a lot of pressure, you know, and let's not deny yeah. it. You know, people feel judged, people feel, um, you know, they have to live up to a particular standard, um, standard. and all mm. that, yeah, all that just, you know, winds up. And the most important thing is the finances, you know, because having a new yeah. child is very expensive, you know, so yes. it's not just having an extra person in the house. I mean, your child can mm. consume three times what you can, you know, you can afford to mm. go hungry, your child cannot go hungry, you know, so, yeah. you know, and um, some people, and, and contrary to some opinion about when you have a second child or you've had one before, you just, this is another one, it's so wrong. In fact, having a second child mm. can be even more stressful than having the first child because when you have one child to deal with, now you've got 
another child that you know yeah. has their demands but then you now have to work the dynamics of having two kids that you have to having two so yeah hmm. so it's it's um yeah perinatal uh, mental health is a big one in hmm. medicine it, you know in 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 the uk it's a, a totally different specialty on its own because it's yeah. just you know it's, it's a complex dynamic and um, some people lose lose custody of their kids because of the degree of mental health that they have mental health yeah. the other problem with, with with mental health in pregnancy and childbirth is medications because nobody mm. ever tests any of the medications we have on pregnant people we just know over time people don't have side effects from some medications so yeah we're, we're okay with it but mm. nobody can vouch that it's okay so a lot of moms mm. then worry so they've, they've known they're known to have you know mental health um, issues before being pregnant and then before pregnant mm. what do i do do i go off my medication and then risk having mm. worsening mental um symptoms or yeah. do i stay on the medication but i don't know what it's going to do how is going to, how is it going to interact with the hormones mm. nobody can tell me but how mm. is it going to affect my baby we don't know you know and we don't know schools of thoughts and there are different things that people mm. do um, and it's just, a, it's always a very tricky um, uh, path to navigate. And, you know, they end up just being under the specialist for that because specialist, it, it, yeah. Yeah, it's not something that you want to take lightly. You know, you don't want, a, you know, a woman to then have long lasting effects with medication on her child because, she, mm. and, uh, you know, because at the end of the day, what you have to do with the mom, what they will do is the possible side effects and you have to weigh the risks and the balance of having the medications and not on the mother's health and as well as the baby's well so the baby's you know, it's a big one it's a big one hmm. alex can i just can i just add one thing that i i, I mean i've been everything yeah. we've been talking about is, yeah. is accurate and you know like when i work with my clients and they are planning on getting pregnant and things like that they are serious conversations we need to have i think dr falaki talked hmm. about this like you know uh, pre-existing already mental health issues uh, can really point to what's probably going to happen, you know, once you, mm. you have a baby, right? Like if you've experienced mm -hmm. depression and anxiety, it kind of predisposes you at some point to mm. to that. So we have to balance those conversations. Like, do you, do you desire to breastfeed and uh, what is that going to look like? And, and really make those yeah. clear decisions of maybe sometimes choosing not to breastfeed because you need to be on medication. But one thing that yeah. we don't really talk about is racism, right? Black wow. women mm -hmm. experience um, access to any medical uh, process very differently, right? Um, mm. Like, for example, my example is like I had an infection at 23 weeks of pregnancy and I was sent mm. to three different hospitals and they ignored me, right? Even though yeah. the test came back positive for an infection, or even one doctor mm. said I was a first-time hypochondriac mom, right? <laughs> and so kind of just yeah. being ignored, right? Kind of being ignored or just, and again, also in the black community, we just, we take on this stance that we're strong, right? So we're the last people to really kind of sometimes talk about um, mm kind of what we're feeling, that we're feeling down and, 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 and things mm. like that and really feeling supported. And um, and so we can't really look at, uh, not just for the postpartum, just any mental health, but like racism mm. plays a huge part on who we yeah. listened to. Like mental health in minorities um, gets looked mm. at treated very differently, right? 
Like yeah. if I see a teenage boy's like anger, they're much more likely to go to, to prison than they are likely yeah. to get a child uh-huh. service, right? Um, mm. And com- compared to, you know, maybe their white counterparts. So that conversation yeah. also plays plays into into that and yeah. and yeah. needs to really be yeah. talked about and being acknowledged, right? Uh, like black well. men, okay. like if I if I met Roderick and he's like having like a, a panic attack, he's much more likely to leave that office in handcuffs, right? Compared to being transported for, for medical evaluations. And so that can really be scary, really limit people's, especially for minorities, mm. to talk about mental health issues right? yeah. and the need for mm. mental health mm. providers like me, like yeah. that look like mm. you, right? When they don't, mm. it's, it brings in that fear of like, if I talk about, like Dr. Halaka talked mm. about, you know, like if I'm talking about, mm having intrusive thought of harming my child, but I don't want to, is my child going to be taken from me? Yeah. Right? Like those mm. issues really, like yeah. really can impede and make the process even difficult. Right? Mm. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that's uh, that, just, uh, that's very good. Say, I think, I think it, it, yeah. Can I just add Go to on. that? Um, you know, that was a very important point she made, um, Dalita made. In terms of the moms, the reason why most of them would not come to seek help is because they're worried that their child will be taken away from them. So mm. then the problem even gets worse because she doesn't get the help that she needs and the condition gets worse. And it even makes it more likely that her child might be taken off her. Forgetting that, you know, and the message is nobody wants to take anybody's child of them unless they absolutely have to. And that child is at danger. Yeah. You know, if if mm. there is a plan, if, if, if that person then follows up with whatever plan they've been given, goes along with, to go with this, you know, the support and the input from everybody, the child will not be taken away because medically and, you know, and, mm. and psychologically, we know where the impact and the importance of the mother and the child's relationship is, especially in the first few, mm. you know, days and even as long as the child lives, to be honest. So life has moved on away from, oh, you've got depression, we're taking your child off. No, it, it's not that way anymore. You know, now they work as much as possible to have mom and baby are together as, as much as they can. Some places even have mom and baby units for mental health wards where you can go with your child as long as it's safe to, to go and have your treatment. But if you leave things too late, yes, at that point, you know, if you're getting psychotic and you want to harm the child, you want to harm somebody, then unfortunately they will have to take your child in the interest of that child. Hmm. Can I All just right. interject thanks, there? Thanks just, just, to, mm-hmm. just to add to that, a healthy mom is mm-hmm. always going to be better than an unhealthy mom. So um, whilst you might sit there thinking, I'm really struggling, but I don't want to, just think about the impact of your being unwell and continuously being unwell is going to have on your baby. Um, if your baby never sees you laughing, mm-hmm. smiling as they grow up, they see you constantly stressed, uh, you know, seeking help has got to be the better option of the two. Oops, and yeah. I think that that feeds into a sort of a wider conversation or topic around the impact of mental illness, whether, you know, because the the impact spans not just to the individual, but 
all the people around them as well. So you can look at all the social uh, family, friends, and their communities, uh, you know, the economy and the businesses, probably the thing that they're doing, the emotion and the physical and the spirit. So that uh, will probably, you know, get to, to go and uh, and uh, talk about that in more detail at some stage. So for today, uh, thank you very much, everyone. We've just got a, a question uh, on the feed. I try and put it up. I don't know whether people can see it. Sorry. What is adrenochrome? <laughs> Anyone heard of that? <laughs> adrenochrome. Is that is that something related to adrenaline or without um, referring to Google? I've never heard it. Yeah, that's Google as well. <laughs> yeah. In what yeah, context? Anyway, so my, Can you ask the, uh, the poster I, I, what context that's yeah, in? I, I think it was in the context of uh, is it treatment or something that you can do to cure. It sounds, it sounds uh, you know, as having some connotation to adrenaline or something. That's yeah. why I'm thinking it's yeah. a relation to cure. cure. But uh, we can uh, uh, get get back uh, to them on that probably uh, on the on the feed. But uh, for today, thank you very much, everyone. We covered a lot of uh, uh, things yes, around uh, the topic. It's 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 definitely a huge topic. It's a big topic. There's it's complex and there's a lot of factors within it. But we've really tried to tackle as much as we can. And there's definitely you know more sessions that are possible around these topics. So for today, we'll uh, call it a day. And uh, thank you very much again, everyone. I'm sure oh, we'll, um, um, this uh, uh, will be able to, to watch and catch up on later on. And uh, on uh, any uh, further topics or discussions or things to clarify, we can probably uh, schedule another discussion and talk later on. But for today, thank you very much. I hope thank you, you. Uh, have a no, lovely thank you rest for of facilitating the day this. and we'll speak again soon. Thanks, uh, Alex. Hopefully. Thanks, guys. Uh, thanks, thank, you. thank you, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.